Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dally Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamplett and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is at least one more match for Stone Cold Steve Austin. So the news has come out this week, Hamplett, uh, that, yeah, that WWE have offered Stone Cold another match, whether it be in Saudi Arabia or, fingers crossed, WrestleMania 39. A very exciting prospect and one that perhaps was on the cards the moment that they got backstage after the main event of uh, night one of WrestleMania 38, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Um, this news has been greeted mostly for people agreeing that it's quite thrilling to have Steve Austin part of a card that right now he doesn't need to be included on. It's the typical thing where WrestleMania calls for a few stunt casts, a few celebrity either ex-wrestlers or stars from other industries, but Austin falls into both camps at this point, whereas once he would have been a stunt cast or somebody that you bring him back for something like the stunner that he dished out to Xavier Woods at WrestleMania 32, the Kevin Owens match reframed all of that. It absolutely changed everything. Steve Austin was a man that, for the longest time, people believed was a guy that was so proud of his legacy that he was kind of con not content with retiring, but content with WrestleMania 19 being it. So if he was ever going to come back, the money was obviously going to be a big deal. But the quality of the match and the quality of the output was mattered to him too. And he nailed it. Like universal acclaim, consensus that the Austin-Kevin Owens match was a um, unanimously beloved success story. And every time you see him working out, or every time you even see some of his podcasts, you see him good Nick, you see that he's still got those guns or whatever it is. It all feels like a clue that... He's got a taste back and he fancies another goal. And yeah, there's something nice as well about it potentially taking place on a WrestleMania card rather than a Saudi Arabia show. Mm. Just for like for all the obvious reasons, but as well if we are sort of trying to refer to him with the reverence of a guy that wants to protect his legacy, it's doing it there rather than doing it for the presumably even bigger payday somewhere else. Yeah, it's one of those things as well, like the comparisons if you grew up in 1998 as a wrestling fan, which I did, it was always Austin versus Goldberg, like which bald guy is the best? <laughs> um, and Austin is so much better, like sort of tuned to come back than Goldberg ever was. Yes, Goldberg had some awesome matches, like, well, 
one with uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar 33, but his sort of appeal rested it on like how explosive he was, how dam- dynamic he was, whereas Austin was working sort of smoke and mirrors crowd interaction brawls. And like 1998, when he was at his peak, mm. he's synonymous with that style, and he worked it absolutely fabulously at WrestleMania 38. So he doesn't have to go in there and do a Broadway or whatever. He just has to do 15 minutes of walking, brawling around a uh, crowd, a few bumps here and there, and it'll appear like magic. So, yeah, I want another comeback match if he's up to it because he can absolutely do it without disgracing his legacy one bit. And uh, you are kind of spoilt for choice, aren't you, when it comes to potential opponents? Where should we start? I know you're hosting. Punk? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I'm going to get something grievance off my chest as well. There's various dream matches that, for whatever reason, just they prevail as dream matches. Um, so much so that promoters have realized, hang on, we should actually book this because the appetite for it is so strong. Um, something like Sting versus The Undertaker, of course, it hasn't been booked, but that always was the one that prevailed. Um, no, it isn't. John Cena versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I never understood this. Conflict is driven by contrast. Mm. I never got the idea of like a mirror match between Cena and Tanahashi, and quite frankly, the idea of Tanahashi, one of those like clever in-ring strategists, Bumping and feeding for the moves of doom. I would just feel heartbroken <laughs> watching that. But Austin versus Punk, more so than Taker versus Sting, is the preeminent, preeminent pro wrestling dream match. It's just the ultimate character conflict. Just the idea of like the sanctimonious straight edge prick versus the beer swilling working class hero just absolutely writes itself. It books itself. As a result, everybody else has booked it. I think the match quality would be sublime. They are both such great detail-oriented wrestlers that they would just sort of like do awesome stuff in the spaces between the moves and make the big bumps when they eventually happen mean all the more. But we know that they don't hate each other just because one drinks and one doesn't. It's not quite as simple as that. They share a profound respect for one another, and they could even fold that into the storyline build. Imagine, like, not um, maybe teased a little bit, but not outright announced. You get Steve Austin... Glass smashes on Raw. Everyone pops because everyone always does. And then Cult of Personality hits. Like the pop on top of the pop would be majestic. Punk goes to the ring, stares him down, and then they shake hands and put each other over in a promo. And you think, all right, I don't know where this is leading. And then Austin just cracks open a beer. Punk, and he could probably pull this off. His face sours a little bit. And he just like kind of looks a little bit like Austin, like, "Mm." Why are you doing that in front of me? And then the tension builds, kicks him in the balls, boom, there's your WrestleMania match. And honestly, even at this point in Austin's career, would be one of the most exciting and well-told WrestleMania matches ever. Ever the worker, Punk baked this in before it was ever going to be a thing. When you know We're going back 10 years yeah. of the WWE 2K13 video game, like, argument, the pipe, pipe, bam, wearing the Austin shirt. They'd had a little thing backstage beforehand. This is something... Like, obviously, there's always speculation on will CM Punk go back to WWE, and there's a million reasons of which we can't even know about his personal life and his own feelings on that, or indeed legal issues that might stop all of these things. We are speaking strictly as fantasy bookers here. It is easy to get into CM Punk's head as a fantasy booker and as a professional wrestler who loved Steve Austin in his prime to want a go at this. Um, there was a lot of that around Kevin Owens getting the match for the same reasons. It needed to be somebody that Austin would trust, but it also needed to be somebody that would want this just as much to work, this collaboration to be as successful for everyone as it possibly could be. The added gem of the CM Punk thing, especially now, um, in light of everything being framed through the the prism of a wrestling war and a perception war, would be that CM Punk strolls back in and gets the other one thing he never got, which was his WrestleMania main event. It is assured that this would be 
let's say Roman Reigns is in night two again, a night one main event, Punk would get that one last thing that might be the hook that we all believe could get him back in, shaking hands with Triple H just to get this match over the line. It's a, this is the way that that Punk deal feels possible, I think, is the Steve Austin match. In terms of other dream matches you've got for Austin, I mean, they sort of used it to sell a show where both guys in the match were leaving. I'm talking, of course, of Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold. How's your neck? I love that for that very reason. Um, Brock Lesnar is an underrated uh, big match worker, by which I mean not that he needs to unleash some of the technical stuff he surprisingly had in his locker in 2002, 2003, but I don't think he's given enough credit for the way in which he eyeballs the crowd, the little looks, the little sells. Brock Lesnar's a really underrated seller as well because he's always just seen as the guy that monsters people. But there can be, when he can be bothered, a lot more art to his work. And I think there would be a ton of art to a match with Steve Austin. The idea that the man that typically does 10 German suplexes only needs to hit one because they can sell the idea that that neck is still made of glass. We know it's not. We know there's been a recovery, otherwise he wouldn't have taken a suplex on the concrete <laughs> to show that he was he could be back. But uh, they did it again. There's law, there's LTST. There was always these things that Austin would just pepper in for fun. You remember the podcast interview with Paul Heyman, where Heyman kind of got under his skin a little bit, and Austin was booking up and thinking, well, if you want to bring Brock Lesnar in the studio, we'll talk. It's a huge blockbuster money match. It's a thing that we never got because controversially that was when Austin left before it could even happen. So there's loads of little things you could tie to it. And I just think the drama around a single German suplex would sell everything else about it. And again, it, you're not talking about things that need to go along. I want to see, because of seeing Austin doing his cardio and working out in his gym, I kind of want to know if he can put the trunks on and take the t-shirt off. But he's late 50s. So I'm not going to judge him if he doesn't. But I want to see if Steve Austin can look exactly like Steve Austin. And I think there's a certain fragility that previously wasn't there that would really suit working Brock Lesnar because Brock against that would look prime youthful Brock Lesnar all over again. On the Lesnar match as well, like people forget that Steve Austin took a suplex to the concrete at WrestleMania 38. Brock Lesnar's aura is such that one of his German suplexes to the canvas feels as dangerous yeah. as a Kevin Owens or anyone, I'm not belittling Owens at all, mm. but anyone suplex to the concrete because of the aura that Brock Lesnar possesses, and he's never delivered a bad suplex, I don't think, or he's never injured someone with a suplex, as far as I can recall when I've put myself on the spot with that, and yet it doesn't feel that way. It always feels dangerous, so they can play wonderful material with building and executing that one move. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Now, there's lots of names to get through, but we kind of dismissed one of the biggest names in WWE right now because we assumed he was going to be working maybe the other night for the main event of WrestleMania. The Tribal Chief Roman Reigns versus Stone Cold is an option. Yeah, to underscore just how spoiled wrestling fans were at the turn of the century, Steve Austin, for a short time, I think he peaked as the biggest draw across like every single criteria that usually measures drawing power. Could be an acceptable substitute for The Rock. Mm. If The Rock can't make it, the whole idea that they've been telling, and yes, Austin doesn't have any um, ties to the dynasty, we know this, but the whole story that they're telling, and they've sort of told it, very, very, very um, vocally, is that Roman Reigns is nothing less than the biggest star of his generation, and indeed of all time. He's the modern-day San Martino. He's got the longest um, reign with the title in years and years and years. He's nothing less than the guy who this entire company is built around and was building towards, if you like. To tell that story before they can finally move on from it, the idea is they want him to beat The Rock. Just to establish this, just as that one massive monumental match that puts that entire story beat over. A nice Samoan table deal, yeah, isn't yeah, the head yeah, of the table yeah. thing yeah. like that. So that doesn't work with Austin, the whole Samoan dynasty aspect of it. However, this is a perfect substitute because you can credibly call Steve Austin the greatest WWE superstar of all time. There's about four in that conversation. Austin is almost certainly one of them, so they could tell that story if, in fact, The Rock um, is too busy for it. And we know that Roman Reigns is an absolutely majestic big match worker, and he can brawl. It's his best attribute, in fact. So a match with Austin would be phenomenal. Then again, you could also I'm going to ask, add this into your analysis of the Roman Reigns match. You could also argue that you could just do Roman Reigns versus Cody one night and The Rock versus Stone Cold one more time. Well, this is it. Um, I would. I personally don't want The Rock and Austin again, but I could see the appeal of doing it. WrestleMania now, they're not chasing a buy rate this year. They're not even really chasing ticket sales. What they are doing is reminding people that it is the single destination for all pro wrestling. A great WrestleMania looks good for years on WWE about what they can bring to a stadium. The visual of that, shareholders will be incredibly happy at inflated attendances and taking over towns and LA of all places, especially where you know the eyes of the entertainment world will be. So Rock and Austin is this reminder to a bunch of people that we talk about the Laps fans and the casual fans and what is myth and what isn't. That one single match is absolutely everything to a generation of fans. So the idea of just having a look at it, one last look at it, certainly has appeal. But yeah, at the moment, we are in a position where Roman Reigns could theoretically work both nights. It would be a cute way to take titles off him if you want to do that, build suspense in different ways. I don't mind the Roman and Austin um, pairing, if only because, well, I think it's a credit to Roman Reigns' star power that it now feels like an all-star dream match. It's got a Rock and Hogan in 2002 vibe about it. The old guy coming back to test himself against the guy that is the top of the tree right now. Um, 
two things there based on Roman's act currently, ignoring the fact that he's just this massive star, is that Paul Heyman is very, very good at telling Ro- showing to Roman that he's got a bit of concern. And Steve Austin was an original Paul Heyman guy. And he, can, he did it with Logan Paul, so we can certainly do it with Steve Austin. <laughs> and the bloodline are a bunch of awesome bodies to pinball off that stunner in the build-up. Roman throwing the bodies in front of stunners just to try and avoid taking one himself is a very simple but very effective build because the idea that, well, all is well and good until he drops you with a Stone Cold Stunner he's beaten everybody with. There's a false finish, for example. So it's an all-star match, but as well, you could get a few weeks of television out of it because I assume that this time around it's going to be different to the Owens build. If Austin is working, they're probably going to realise the value of having him do two or three TV shows as well. We've got a Raw reunion special coming up in January. At Raw 25, he didn't say a goddamn word and it was an insult. They'll probably want to rectify that if they can get him settled to WrestleMania in time. And, uh, yeah, The Rock is another alternative, but there's also a, a match you alluded to, Sige, uh, a little bit, sort of. John Cena versus uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. No interest. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, uh, like, I understand the appeal of this one in that you've got two of the biggest stars of their respective eras, and, yeah, they did something similar with The Rock and Hogan, obviously, at WrestleMania 18. It would be, look, I'm not the biggest John Cena fan, in the moment, I would find it absolutely incredible, as would everybody else. It would feel enormous, be like a ridiculous intergenerational spectacle, but it would be low on my list personally, just because I don't like John Cena's work. I just don't. Stunner versus Stunner. Shut up, man, you <laughs> cock. I, I do remember, like... I'd like to watch Steve Austin nope that, because there <laughs> yeah. is, there is yeah. a bit of law, and there's <laughs> plenty of time, because Cena would just hold on to that rope for dear life. Like, kind of look like a deer in headlights and then just very clumsily just explode backwards. Austin could nope that because Austin came out and legitimately buried how not only terrible the execution of the move was, but the fact that he tried to, like, sort of upgrade the stunner and downgrade it as a signature at the exact same time. So it could get a bit meta, but ultimately I'm not against that. Didn't he speak to Cena about it as well? There's really sweet podcast lore in this. He had Cena on as his guest, and he was like, and just one more thing, I need to talk to you about a move, man. And Cena was like, I know, I know, the stunner, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, the uh, STF, you got to cinch it in. (laughs) There's two things you want to bury him for. Uh, Right. We could keep going here all day, Sige, but um, is there any final names, maybe real extreme choices uh, that could be intriguing for a WrestleMania match for Stone Cold Steve Austin? Well, ultimately, like, if the Kevin Owens match is any indication of where they kind of want to take this direction, um, Steve Austin versus upper mid-card heel who has reached his ceiling or is not yet ready for proper stardom yet. You could go with Austin Theory, right? But ultimately, you don't want to do anything that's too, um, I don't know, like Austin versus just a mid-carder will feel like a downgrade on Owens. So like maybe Ziegler versus yeah, uh, Goldberg at SummerSlam. Yeah, exactly. That's a really great example. You're coming up with some really good ideas recently. Hey, just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Um, <laughs> so the idea, they want to do an all-star match. It's the WrestleMania main event. They can't do Goldberg versus Ziggler, Adam <laughs> Wilborn. So maybe Austin could face one of the biggest stars in WWE right now, and that is Bray Wyatt. Well, the problem for me is that What's the worst thing about Steve Austin's act? Let's not delve into his personal history because that is uh, not good. What? Now I said, what is the worst thing about Steve Austin's act? What? Yeah. It's <laughs> when he says what a lot, right? And it gets really annoying, and I wish American wrestling fans and British ones, they do it over here as well, let's be honest. I wish they would stop saying it. Yeah. It's <laughs> the, I find it the most obnoxious thing, right? Yeah. You know. 
kids in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and all the rest. <laughs> of it, okay? I find it deeply obnoxious. And the problem, Will Bourne, Hamlet, with doing Steve Austin versus Bray Wyatt, is that Bray Wyatt talks such utter bollocks all of the time that <laughs> Austin would be compelled to say <laughs> what after everything he said. So I don't want to see that one. The build would be uh, just obnoxious. Atrocious. Um, but on a more serious point, when you imagine Bray Wyatt up against these matches, your Lesnar's, your Austin's, like your Romans, it kind of falls apart because do you detract? Do you have wrestlers the caliber of Austin, Reigns, like Rock, Lesnar, selling that Bray Wyatt is scary? Or is that when you realize, hang on, this doesn't work? Yeah, Austin was at his worst when he was feeding with goth Undertaker. Yeah. He couldn't sell fear from this weird mystical creature, could he? And the only other two that spring to mind are two that wrestled each other last year, and it's kind of in the same vein as CM Punk as somebody that could, I think, tell uh, a deeper story with Steve Austin than just the brawl, and that would be either Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes. I think the hard stories to tell on television, but I trust the wrestlers implicitly as modern-day generals, I think, WWE ones especially, to give Austin something with even more meat on the bone in-ring than he got out of the Kevin. The Kevin Owens match, all of it felt novelty and all of it was special. They're not going to have quite as much leeway this time around, such as the unfortunate reality of being awesome when your first time back. People now expect a bit of that. Mm. Um, the idea of him over-delivering over 10 to 15 minutes, the, the little bit of the old wrestler pre-neck injury, not loads, but just enough, with a Cody or a Seth, because they are also stars of a certain level within WWE. I think it just reminds you that, like, what a special talent Austin is for a situation like this, because there is a lot, there's a lot of, like, moments visually. Like, with the Cena one, the Cena one would work for me. I don't, I'm not sure about the chemistry either, but the idea of them facing off in the moment, it's, that's what you pay Steve Austin for, it's what you pay the Austin money for, because the look of that, as the bell rings, is exhilarating. Well, they're all like very exciting prospects. Let us know your pick for who Stone Cold Steve Austin's next opponent should be in the comment section or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, where you can find all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.